0: Welcome to another episode of the UB Pod. Coming up on today's show, I would call for Freddie Kitchen's head. Lamar Jackson, he might sneak into the MVP race here pretty quick if he keeps playing like this. Would you rather have Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown?
1: It's a bunch of bullshit that IU football is not ranked in the top
0: 25. Let's get things kicked off with the headlines. Colin, we have only one undefeated team left in the NFL. Last night... The Patriots got their butts whooped by the Ravens at Baltimore. The Ravens finally took down the undefeated Patriots and now take a commanding lead in the AFC North while the Patriots now fall for the first time this season. Do you think that the Niners are going to be the best team in the NFL going forward or are they going to... Shortly hereafter
1: Well I I do love this 49ers team I've been saying I've been harping on it For weeks now that I love This defense this defense has So much Talent they played Thursday this week They pulled out a slight victory In Arizona against the Cardinals But Jimmy Garoppolo Looked a lot better Um, I, I do like this 49ers Team whether they're the best team in the NFL Or not don't think they're the best team in the NFL. Obviously, we'll get to that a little bit later with the power rankings. But uh, this this Niners team is good. They, they are very, very good.
0: I agree. It did make me a little bit nervous, though, that they almost lost here to the Cardinals. The Cardinals played them very closely. Cliff Kingsbury was a big product of that. I think that despite the Cardinals having a little bit lack of talent overall on their roster, they're coached very well. And that is the reason why they were staying in this game against the 49ers. They had great coaching, and that showed. So I think going forward, the Niners are going to fall this next upcoming week to the Seattle Seahawks. That is what I'm projecting. Yeah, it'll be a
1: hell of a Monday night game.
0: Oh, yeah. So they have, like I said, the Seahawks coming up. And they have them at home. So they do obviously have that home field advantage in Candlestick Park. Have the opportunity to still remain undefeated. But this is a week where it could look a little shaky. It's going to be their first real test. I mean, they've played the Panthers, who have looked good, and they blew them out. They played the Rams, who were a little shaky to start the season. That's right around where they played them. But the Seahawks are going to be the best team that they play all season so far. And then after that, they go home and play the Cardinals again. That should be a win. Then they go home and they stay at home play the Packers. So if they can win this nice little home stand right here with the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Packers, which I think they have a shot to, because they are home. Man, like they'll be sitting at eleven and Jeez, what a good start to the season. Yeah, I'd
1: say. But they also that. I wouldn't say count these next three three games as wins. I mean, I understand the Cardinals have been a struggling team. They did play them close in Arizona. I think that might be a, your best shot at a guaranteed win, but I mean, the Seahawks are a force to be reckoned with and the Packers, I know they just lost this week, but they're still a seven and two football team who's still a top 5 team in the NFL. And then they have then they have to go to the Ra- Ravens in Baltimore, which we just saw the Patriots lose in Baltimore. Then after that, they got to go to New Orleans and play a Drew Brees led Saints team who's on a roll, who had a bye this week, get a little get a little healthier. Then then you got to go week 17 and play in Seattle, which is another you, you
0: can't discount the 12th man. No, never. And the 49ers had statistically one of the easiest schedules to start off the season. And they flipped that on their head going into the second half of the season. They now have one of the toughest schedules. Like you said, they got to play Seahawks twice. They've got to play the Packers, Ravens, Saints, Rams. Some tough teams. And in some tough locations. So, by no means do I expect this team to go undefeated. It's a matter of when they're going to lose, not if they're going to lose. I think, like I said, it's going to end up being this week, though. And... It's really going to show what their true colors are in this upcoming homestand where they have both the Seahawks and Packers at home. It's going to show what kind of team they're going to be for the rest of the season, being able to play two actually significant franchises coming in. So we'll see how they play. I'm expecting them to play a close game. I don't think they'll get blown out by any means. This defense, like we've been talking about, is so good. And they're going to be the ones keeping them in most of the games. The offense has now picked up significantly though with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. And it's become scary good over the last two weeks. Emmanuel Sanders is a new deep threat that teams have to look out for. But if you stretch and have too many, if you if you play too light of a coverage and play it in front of you, you have George Kittle who could come across and hit a lot of slant routes and really dink and dump your way down the field like that. They got a lot of different options. They even got some good running backs. They got a running back up by committee with Tevin Coleman and Breida. They got some options on the offense now, and I thought that was a great trade to get Emmanuel Sanders, and it's really starting to show now that they've had him in the offense for two weeks.
1: Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders looks damn good. I mean, he had seven for 112 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals. So he's he's definitely, that's been the trade trade of the trade, trade of the year. Almost I'd say uh, so far this year, but uh yeah, moving on let's uh
0: let's let's talk about the number one pick a little flip side of undefeated
1: yeah yeah let's go to the opposite side of the spectrum uh, the dolphins actually won a game they beat the Jets That's
0: I mean surprising.
1: it's shocking to me I mean i I thought
0: personally coming you into know, this you know, year before we even move on. Congratulations, Dolphins. I mean, you guys, you deserve this. Like, Congrats. You got to win. You got to win. But unfortunately, you're not going to get the number one pick now.
1: It's too bad. The Dolphins tank for Tua is officially over. They are no longer in the running for the number one pick. They, Although they, they still can, technically. Technically, they still can. But as it sits right now, I think... The Jets, the Redskins, and the Bengals all have better odds to get the number one pick. But it does it does bode well for the Dolphins that only one of those teams needs a quarterback. That's the Bengals. So Tua might still be on the table, but it's tough winning this game.
0: Yeah. So the Bengals right now, I think they might be my pick to earn that number one pick in the draft. They do have A.J. Green coming back this next week. They had a bye week, and they expect A.J. Green to come back. So that could help them. I do think that they'll be able to get another win or two down the stretch. So it depends where those wins come from and how the other teams play going down the stretch as well because they do have to play the Jets and the Dolphins. So if they're beating one of those teams, then there goes the odds for the number one pick. But with and the addition of AJ Green, I mean, I can't see the Bengals going winless. I just don't see that happening.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, genuinely could see them going winless. I mean, like you said, their two chances of a win are against the Jets and the Dolphins. But, I mean, I think they're really leaning in, leaning into the first pick. I mean, not benching Andy Dalton over the bye week right before the trade deadline. We talked about it last last episode. I was just A shitty move on their half, and I I I think they're they know what they are, and they're a very bad football team.
0: Yeah, they are, and I would say that they're all also a very badly run franchise. Yeah, from the front office to the coaching staff, just piss poor. And we talked about it, like you said last week, by having their franchise guy and Andy Dalton get benched the day of his birthday, the day of the trade deadline and not doing it prior to give them time to actually trade him and to give Andy Dalton's agent and people the time to look for a team that might be quarterback needy. Like, I don't know, the Chicago bears just ridiculous. Like this is a guy that you invested so much of your franchise into and whether or not you think Andy Dalton's a good quarterback or not, you have to, at least acknowledge the fact he is the Bengals' franchise quarterback. He is. He has been for the years. So how are you going to do that to your guy and just bench him and just screw him like that and not even let him have a chance to go play elsewhere? I, it, it's the from the front office all the way down the list, from the front office to the coaches to the players, just a dumpster fire.
1: Okay, I got a question for you. I got an answer for you. Do you think this Bears team with Andy Dalton is a playoff team? Um instead of Mitch Trubisky?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. I I do. I think Andy Dalton is a much better quarterback than people like to believe. Andy Dalton has not had a good team around him ever for the reason of having a poor front office and poor coaching. Bengals held on to Marvin Lewis for so long at head coach. And even when things weren't working, they still held on to him just because he brought him to the playoffs for the one or two years they made it. And geez, I mean, Andy Dalton's career did get wasted. I'll, I'll, I'll. That's the best way to put it. He he got his career wasted. He's a much better talent than he got to show in the Bengals. Yes, I believe the Bears would make the playoffs with Andy Dalton.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Honestly, I I think there there's just so much talent on
0: that Bears team. I mean, their defense is crazy. Right. That's not even what I was thinking about. I'm thinking about the weapons they have in offense, if he could oh, utilize yeah. them. Oh, and they yeah. got Montgomery at running back. They even have Tariq Cohen, a little speedy guy to dink it to. Which they don't they, give him the
1: ball for some fucking reason. I, well, that's, that's coaching. Beyond that, me. But
0: that's another reason that I was thinking about. I, I, I don't love Matt, Matt Nagy. Nagy. Yeah, when we <laughs> talked about that, too. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on, like, in, in Chicago. I mean, I thought Matt Nagy looked really good as a head coach last year, and just not looking so great this year. So I would like to believe the addition of Andy Dalton could lead them to the playoffs. But there are factors there that could still keep them out if they did have Andy Dalton. But, geez, yeah, it's a hard question. I would like to believe that they would make the playoffs though with Andy Dalton. I, I do. Same.
1: Well, speaking of dumpster fires, let's uh,
0: let's head to Cleveland. Oh, so I was so hopeful about my Cleveland Brownies. All season long Oh man I said Hey you know what We might be two and five But We have a very easy schedule down the stretch You know if we just go into Denver We beat the Broncos And we can You know Go home and lose the Bills That's fine We could we could lose the Bills then we still got Steelers twice Got the Bengals twice got the Dolphins. We got the Cardinals at the end of the season. We got the Ravens, second to last game of the season at home after we already beat them. You know, we could definitely link together some games and maybe pull out of wild card spot. I mean, if we win all of our division games, I could foresee us winning the division. If we beat the Ravens twice, I mean, you never know. And then my Cleveland Brownies went to Denver Laid a fucking egg. Freddy Kitchens looked like shit, and now the season's over.
1: Just quick stat that I heard this morning. There has been no team that has started two and six to make the playoffs under the current playoff format, which started in two thousand two.
0: Well, yeah, I don't think we're making the playoffs. Just just a little nice little stat dump for you. <sighs> it's kind of funny to think though, because I did say Going through that, hey, we could beat the Broncos and lose to the Bills and we'll be fine. But it's a significant difference now that we lost the Broncos, even if we beat the Bills. Like, we got to win out. Yeah. And like, that's just a scarier thought, having that one extra game in a row, you know? So, like, technically, I shouldn't be so upset. Until after the Bills, because that's when it's like, okay, we're done. Like, we're done, done if we lose to the Bills. Statistically, like, it's just about over. But uh, watching that game and watching the coaching, watching Freddie Kitchens not know how to give the ball to Odell Beckham in a game-deciding situation, watching throughout the game, not having Nick Chubb on the field on third-down situations – Letting Baker Mayfield run a quarterback draw on a 3rd and short instead of just giving it to fucking Nick Chubb, the star of the team. And he wasn't even on the field for that. Dude, I just don't believe that we have it in us. Even if we do beat the Bills, if we just don't have it in us, we're going to lose to a bad team. We're going to lose to the Steelers. I've come to that conclusion. At least one of those games, probably in Pittsburgh, which sucks because I was excited to finally beat them in Pittsburgh this year. So we'll probably lose in Pittsburgh. We'll probably lose to the Cardinals. I mean, they're a way better coach than we are, and they played the 49ers way closer than we did. So we'll probably lose to the Cardinals. We'll definitely lose to the Ravens at the end of the season because all hope will be lost by then. And I would not be surprised if we dropped one of the Bengals because we just look like dog shit. I would hope we don't, but I could see it happening because Freddie Kitchens doesn't know which way is up. And I've never been like the rest of the Cleveland Browns fan base where – As soon as we start playing poorly, you blame it on the head coach and you call for his head. But goddamn, like, this is Freddie Kitchens' fault. We are the most penalized team in football. We have absolutely no sense of direction. We don't have – we have no control – we have no control of the clock ever. We – Keep our superstars like Nick Chubb on the field on third down. We run a draw play on fourth and nine. We th- don't throw Odell Beckham the ball when he has a step on Chris Harris at the end of this game. We don't just throw it to the end zone to him. No, we throw a little dink and dunk. We throw it to, we, we, we drop plays for Antonio Callaway in the red zone when we have Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and Antone and Odell Beckham. We, we're just a poorly coached football team. So, yeah, we're done. So, we're done. And I, I, I would call for Freddie Kitchens' head, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say he should be fired. And whether it's in the middle of the season or after the season, I don't give a shit. But, like, what should have happened was we should have hired Arians or McCarthy and promoted Freddie Kitchens to offensive coordinator because that's what he was good at. It was a poor, very piss-poor decision by John Dorsey among the very multiple great things he's done for the franchise he totally shot us in the foot this year by hiring Freddie Kitchens as a head coach. And I'll I'll agree to that right now because to this point I would have never have agreed to it. But I've come to the conclusion this is coaching. This is not the players we are seeing coaches like Cliff Kingsbury win against teams who are way more talented, or play at least close to teams that are way more talented than him, like the 49ers. And we just we just get blown out and we get Killed by bad teams with a quarterback that they pulled off the streets. I mean, I'm sorry for ranting, but uh, I'm just done with – I'm done with Freddie Kitchens. I'm I'm over it. I'm over the bad coaching. I'm over fucking losing. I'm over being a Browns fan. I love being a Browns fan, but I'm, I'm over being embarrassed every Sunday. Yeah.
1: So I'm over my it. question to you, I've been an outspoken Browns truther. I am a Baker Mayfield fan. I am an Odell fan obviously they're not playing up to to the standard this year. My question to you would be obviously you just you just pretty much answered it, but what what would you attribute to them failing that hype that they had coming into the year? I mean, cuz there was so much hype. I mean, I understand certain teams get hype and you don't live up to that hype, but you still play decent football. Right now, this Browns team, they like, above anything else, you are trying to beat your record last year of 8-7-1. and one. As it sits right now, you're not going to even come close seven, to
0: seven, that. 7-8-1. 7-8-1? Yeah, I would have been oh, exhilarated I was giving you, if we were over I was, 500.
1: I was giving yeah. you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Sorry, 7-8-1. No. I wish we were over 500. As it sits right now, you are not going to come close to that mark. What so you think is is all Freddie Kitchens? You would put no. you would put. How, okay, so how much? It break up the blame okay. it, from a hundred. You have a hundred percent of blame. Okay, where how mu- what percentage are you putting to whom
0: for this season going so bad? Honestly, I'm putting like. I, let me think through this, but like thirty percent, percent on other teams wanting to beat the Browns because of the hype. That, that's a big portion, almost a third. I think that's a big part of it. Teams just wanting to beat the Browns because they were so hyped. I, I, I put that at like 30%. I put Freddie Kitchens at 50%, where he, I, I think he's half the reason why we are so under, we are playing so much worse than we were supposed to be playing. Because I've mentioned multiple different scenarios of why the coaching is so bad. And I believe that falls on Freddie Kitchens and the decisions he makes. And in his play calling and who he's trying to get the ball to. Because only 20% of that is actually going to fall on the players. They're so talented, these players. And I was just watching uh, some Bill Belichick videos, some NFL films over the weekend. Just kind of hyped me up for football, and because I was looking for, I was just like looking for something to watch, and I was watching NFL films, and I saw an interview with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick said the most insightful thing as a Browns fan I could have ever heard in my entire life: "Great players cannot overcome poor coaching." He said that verbatim, and it spoke to me. And this happened. I, I watched this and I heard this before I even watched this Broncos game, and I became a little bit nervous. Because, as soon as he said that, the, in my opinion, the best head coach to ever do it in the NFL, saying something so real, speaking so directly to this brown season, great players cannot overcome poor coaching. And that's that's exactly what it is. So I can't put this blame on the players. I'm putting fifty percent, like I said, on Freddie Kitchens. To be fair, probably 30% of the players because they're actually playing the games and let's say 20% on teams wanting to beat the Browns. But it's more way, way more so on Freddie Kitchens just because he's the one calling the plays. He's the one that should be directing who's trying to get the ball in certain situations. He's the one keeping Nick Chubb on the sideline on a crucial third down play. He's the one not drawing up a play for Odell Beckham on a game-winning fourth down play just outside the red zone. He's the one that can't draw up plays to get us a touchdown and instead making us kick field goals the whole game. He's the one that's drawing up a play to make Baker Mayfield run a draw play that we could have just kicked a field goal and been winning the game at the end of the game with a field goal. Wouldn't have even had to worry about a fourth down play. He's the one making the decisions. It's Freddie Kitchens. He's calling the plays. He's the head coach. I don't know where else there could be blame. And our defenses look pretty good. Until this Denver Broncos game, so I don't even want to go down the road of blaming our defensive coordinator and Steve Wilkes or anyone else because they've looked good. It's it's a mess, and I, I'm just it's Freddie Kitchens, and I, I I'm sorry for just rambling on about it, but I'm over it. I'm over Freddie Kitchens, and I'm just upset. Our season's over. I mean, you did you did
1: give Nick Chubb twenty touches yesterday on the ground. He only he only got
0: sixty five yards at a three. 3.2-yard clips, so that's... Believe me, the numbers don't show that that's, we, we that's didn't... tough. We did not give Nick Chubb the ball nearly as much as we should have. We didn't give it to him in situations we should have. We had Odell and Jarvis out there. Situationally, maybe not, but you still gave him 20 touches, and that's... For a running back, That that's workhorse load.
1: 20-plus is a workhorse. I
0: get that. We just... We were not utilizing him in the correct situations, and that's, and that's, head, co- and that's head coaching, and... Yeah we had Odell and Jarvis out there and cleats that almost got kicked out of the game at halftime. We had Jermaine Whitehead after the game, calling people out on Twitter. It's a dumpster fire right now. And it all goes back to the coaching, not being able to control their players. And when I heard, when I heard the telecast talking about that with Odell and Jarvis saying, Oh, like they, they're so person oriented and not team oriented. This, this, this just shows like how, where their focus is. I don't agree with that. Like, no, Come on. like, no, 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 Let NFL players be individuals. But right. this does fall on coaching that he, Freddie Kitchens, didn't know about this. And, yes, you know that this falls under the rules of you need to make sure that they're in the right uniform. Fucking make sure it's happening. Like, don't let them walk out there and let your star two right wide receivers get kicked out of the game. They literally almost got kicked out of the game at halftime because of it. Come on. I'm over it.
1: Well, statistically,
0: they're not out, right? No, they're not. <laughs> don't worry. I'll be back here after we beat. If we blow out the Bengals, the Bills next week, don't worry. I'll be back here. I'll ride in the hype train again. Blow out is, uh, a little might be a little far-fetched. Oh, it's but... very far-fetched because it's the only way I'm going to be happy about the Browns this season again. I'm just upset. I'm, they're done. The season's over. The season's over. It doesn't matter. They're not going to beat the Bills then go on a nine-game winning streak. It's just not going to happen. No. So, the season's over. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Let's move on to have a day.
1: My have a day this week, my have a day is honestly the Ravens, the whole team. I watched this game last night, and I was genuinely impressed. I mean, Lamar looked absolutely unstoppable against this Patriots defense. All I heard coming into the week, I've been harping on it all year, this Patriots defense has been historically good. Yes, their schedule has not been the best. It's actually been one of the easiest in the league, but also they can't help that. You don't decide your schedule. You play who they put in front of you. So, yes, this I mean, I don't I hate the people who are saying No, they can't be a historically good defense because of their schedule. Fuck that. Their schedule, they play who they play. But this, I I heard a ton of rumors about, not rumors, just the fact that this Pat's run defense has been unstoppable. And no one, I mean, because no one has run an inch on them. And last night, Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson ran the option to at Mark Ingram finished with 115 yards at 7.7 yards per carry against a historically good Patriots defense. And Lamar finished with 163 yards passing and a touchdown, but also 61 yards on the ground with two rushing touchdowns. And that doesn't even begin to speak for how good he played. This, like, he is a cheat code, he is a literal video game. On the field. Like, he'll drop back to pass, not see anybody open, and then just go out and get 12, 15 yards. Just because he can. Just because he wants to. He's like, well, I could either throw it to a tight end or I could just walk the next 20 yards without anyone touching me because no one can touch me. Lamar Jackson, I... I think he he might he might sneak into the MVP race here pretty quick if he keeps playing like this.
0: I think he already has. I think that he's already there, and people I've heard already starting talking about him. You got Russell Wilson, you got Aaron Rodgers, and now you got Lamar Jackson. C-Mac,
1: don't forget about C-Mac. C-Mac definitely needs to be in that MVP discussion. You cannot discount. I, I will not stand to not have Christian McCaffrey in the MVP discussion.
0: So I agree. It's just the fact that it's becoming such a quarterback award. MVP, I mean. That that
1: Okay, His history has nothing to hey, do with the MVP award. Hey, hey, personally, it's the
0: most valuable player. Personally, I agree with you, and I, I would probably give it to him no matter who it is. It's between him and Russell Wilson to me.
1: I'd give it... As but, it stands right now today, Christian McCaffrey is my MVP.
0: Yeah, I'd probably agree with you. He's won the Panthers every single game they've been in. Every single one. Oh, yeah. Every single win. Oh, and added three touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. I mean, the dude's insane. We, we were literally just talking about when we were picking our habit days... We we could not pick Christian McCaffrey because every week he has a fucking day. Yeah. So why talk about Christian? We we'll just change the segment. Let's let's change the segment to how did Christian McCaffrey do today? Yeah. So not not have a day. Just what did he do today? So yeah, he's insane. But my have a day, Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been having himself quite a little season here, and as a fantasy owner, I wasn't so sure about Mike Evans, and I. I had a little trade talks with you. You maybe wanted to trade into me, and I said, you know, I don't really trust Mike Evans. I don't really trust James Winston to throw to Mike Evans. I don't trust that he's not going to throw picks every other drive. So I didn't know about him. But Mike Evans has been on fire, and he had another great week. He had 180 receiving yards on 12 receptions. That's 15 yards per reception. Amazing. That's insane. And he only had one touchdown, but the dude has high production, just absolutely leading this team, and he's just he's got he's one of the top receivers in the NFL. I'm um, top eight, top seven. He's, he's up leading. there. I don't oh, know. are you talking like on the field wise? Oh, on the field, on the field. He's like a top top eight. five. No. Yes. No.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Do we want to do this right DeAndre now? DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. Julio. Julio. Odell. Odell. Who am I forgetting? Mike Evans. <laughs> Mike
1: Evans. Devontae Adams. Okay, 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 okay.
0: Top... Top... Seven. Six. Seven. Seven. Who would be six? I don't know. Just let me think about it. If I was A-B, mm. It was a B. It was a B.
1: A.B. was in that yeah. conversation. So
0: I guess he moves up to six just because A.B. is being A.B. right now.
1: Okay, so top five and a half. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Mike Evans is crazy
1: good. <laughs> He's insane. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And at five, being
1: able to move like he can, unreal. You just throw the ball up to the
0: kid. <sighs> Easy money. Easy money. Speaking of A.B., let's move on to the daily debate. Today's Daily Debate, would you rather have Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown? Colin, this week, the Seahawks just claimed Josh Gordon off waivers from the New England Patriots. The Patriots had put him on IR and waived him shortly thereafter. Now, the Seahawks were the only team to put in a claim for Josh Gordon. They got him at pick number 28, and they brought him in after a little bit of news came out that they were looking into Antonio Brown maybe bringing him into Seattle. Turns out things just didn't happen with that. They really didn't release why they decided not to go with Antonio Brown. But either way, they decided to claim Josh Gordon, and that's who they have. So if it was you and you could bring in Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown was ready to play for you, Would you rather have Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown if you're the Seahawks? Personally speaking,
1: I would rather have Josh Gordon. Here's why. Off the field and in the locker room are some of the most important unspoken about aspects of football. And having someone in your locker room like AB, who just is walking drama, is not the type of football team that I would want to put together. On the field wise, I do believe that AB is the more talent, more skilled football player. But personally, I think Josh Gordon fits the Seahawks team so much better than AB does. Because what AB does well is play. He does play on the outside. He plays a little in the slot. And he's just that over-the-middle, win-your-one-on-one matchup kind of guy. And I think the Seahawks already have that in Tyler Lockett. They have their guy who can get open over the middle and be their their third, their Julian Edelman, essentially. And bringing in just someone like Josh Gordon, they already have Josh Gordon-Light in DK Metcalf except for DK Metcalf can't run a route to save his goddamn life. But I think bringing in Josh someone like Josh Gordon will in turn help DK Metcalf be what he was supposed to be and the best wide receiver in this class. So and just all the off the field stuff, I mean, I understand the Pats released him, but they also uh, they released him or they put him on IR for a minor knee injury. And then a couple days later, Josh Gordon was clocked at running 22 miles per hour on a treadmill. Running 22 miles per hour on, on turf, in cleats, is something that, that only the best of the best football players can even uh, come close to. He was smoking dope. I don't care what he's smoking. Had to be. I don't care what the hell he's smoking. I'll smoke with him. Josh Gordon running twenty two miles on a treadmill is absolutely insane. Are you, and you put him on IR? Oh, I'm I'm telling you why. Well, they did. They
0: did. Something it. happened.
1: Oh no, they did. No, the reason they put him on IR and released him is because they just traded for Snoo and they have their first round pick, Nikhil Harry, coming back. That's why they. That's why they released him, not because of anything else. I hope. Honestly, I hope so. I hope and if so. he okay, so say he was smoking dope. He's smoking weed. We're we're coming into a we are joining a society that is now becoming more accepting of marijuana, and we have states who are accepting legalization. Here in Indiana, we have Marion County, the capital city. Yeah, Indianapolis yeah. is in Marion County, who just legal who just decriminalized weed in one of the most one of the most right, right states yeah. in in the in the whole United Indian. States. And I don't know, I personally, I would rather have Josh Gordon less of a headache, he's going to be productive on the field. He's a physical freak.
0: I, I would prefer Josh Gordon. So I'd prefer Antonio Brown, like you said. Even, you even admitted he is the better player of the two. Yeah, so why would you not want the better player of the two? So I'm taking Antonio Brown, despite his off-the-field issues. And I believe if he was in a situation where he was happy, he wouldn't have those issues. And the Steelers were able to swipe all that stuff he was doing under the rug for so many years. So if they were able to keep A.B. happy on a team where he hated his quarterback and thought his quarterback was a racist, yeah, I'll take him with Russell Wilson, who he... Should have a pretty decent relationship with And would grow upon that relationship with Yeah, yeah, I would take that, for sure I think you get A.B. happy And in the right situation He'll be fine I think he's a whack job I think he's done stupid things this offseason To get him out of the league But, I'm taking the better of the two players And Antonio Brown would be that deep threat Like you said, that's what they need right now Because you got Tyler Locker who could play in the slot So... You're going to be having a deep option for Russell Wilson down the field. You got the slot with Tyler Lockett. Man, that team would be so good. With Josh Gordon, you're kind of banking on the fact that he's going to play. Because even from a football standpoint, not, not play as in be on the field, but from a football standpoint, play well. He's been a little streaky since he's been on the field, even for the Patriots. He doesn't play well every single game. So... I would rather have a guy like A.B. who has been at the top of the league, who has been able to play great football, and stay on the field. I would rather have a guy who might have a little bit of off-field issues that aren't breaking the rules of the NFL, than I would rather have a guy that might potentially get suspended for something. And I'm completely... I, I would not waver on that, because as a Browns fan, I, I saw all of Josh Gordon, and I... I don't agree with what the, M- with the NFL is in place because the NBA already doesn't even test for marijuana. So I don't even I don't agree with all that. But it doesn't matter. Those are the rules that are in place. So if my guy is doing something that can get him suspended and not uh, and take him off the football field, no, I don't want any part of that. Give me give me Antonio Brown.
1: See, I'd rather have a stoner than a whack job.
0: But I think you can control the whack job.
1: I think you can control the stoner much easier than you can control the whack job, and we saw that. We saw that in New England.
0: That's interesting because he's on his third team already. Antonio Brown's not in the league? Antonio Brown is not in the league because Because he's a fucking whack job. You just answered your own question. Antonio Brown played in the league for so many years. Josh Gordon hasn't been able to stay on a team and play 16 football games in his entire career. Not one time has he played an entire season ever, ever, not once. So, yeah, give me the fucking whack job easily, especially when Russell Wilson's my quarterback. All day, any day, give me Antonio Brown.
1: I guess you are a Browns fan, and you don't have the best locker room issues. You do have a lot of locker room issues, yeah. so I understand that.
0: We do. We have a lot of fucking – I've just harped on it for about 25 minutes soliloquy. Yeah. So, Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I I prefer I prefer the locker room. I, I would rather have a more solid locker room and less talented team than a more talented team with a shitty locker room.
0: I don't think he'd be a shitty locker room though. That, I, think, I, I I think I think adding would...
1: Antonio Brown to any locker room is is questionable because because of his. Antics.
0: But you wouldn't have said that until this year. Well, he he, was, because he hasn't. He was fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, he's still it, no Antonio Brown. No
0: one knew. Be, no one knew. Because the Steelers because were able to. Because the Steelers were able to. And I think the Seahawks were no able else. to also. Uh, because he's on a that. team with a quarterback who he would like because Russell Wilson is not Ben Roethlisberger. Let's put that out in the open. They're not the same person at right. all. No. Russell Wilson is going to be looking to get the ball to Antonio Brown because he knows how to spread the ball around. He knows how to find his guys. He's been doing this year with Tyler Lockett. If you bring in Antonio Brown, you better believe he's throwing in the ball whenever he can. So, yeah, I think it would be a similar situation as it was in Pittsburgh where I don't see any issue with if they would have brought in Antonio Brown, it would have been great. Well, So I would rather have Antonio Brown. The Seahawks agree with me. Well, I don't know if they do because nothing's really come out. It might have been on the end of Antonio Brown either not wanting to go there or Antonio Brown okay. still <laughs> just wanted to be like, no. Wait, 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 wait,
1: hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said he would be happy in Seattle, and then you just said he wouldn't he didn't want I to go. I don't there. know.
0: I don't know what it is. Okay. I do okay. think he would be happy. I don't know what it is. Okay. No one knows. So if he but- I'm not saying that he didn't want to go there. I'm saying I have no idea what happened. Okay. They either agreed with you and they didn't want to get into the A B mess, or A B decides he just doesn't want to play football anymore because he even said, I don't need football. So that might be what it is. I didn't mean that he didn't want to go to Seattle. I mean he doesn't want to go and play football. That's that's a, that's what I meant by he didn't want to go there. He didn't want to go there. He didn't want to go anywhere. That was what I was saying. But from a football standpoint, I'd rather have Antonio Brown if that could See, have happened.
1: I disagree that he doesn't want to play football because he definitely does want to play football. And the fact that he's still trying to play football – shows me that he still wants to play football.
0: We'll see. He I can say,
1: I don't need football, and he doesn't need football, supposedly, but he still wants to play football. My bet is that the
0: Seahawks just agreed with you. That's my bet. I, that he's trying to get back, and they didn't want to deal with it. I, I would, They they probably agree with you, but if it was me, I would have taken A-B. Fair. Let's put it that okay. way. That's fair. So, I, can, I can't really
1: discount it because I do agree that Antonio Brown is the m- more skilled player. Yeah. But I think the just the upside of Josh Gordon with the less headache I would take 10 times out of 10. 9 times out of 10. 9 times out of 10.
0: So, let's talk about how the Seahawks are maybe going to improve a little bit with the addition of Josh Gordon and also how this week of the NFL season affected who's at the top of our power rankings. So, without further ado, this is the NFL power rankings. So what do you got at number 10?
1: At number 10 this week, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Watching this first half against the Bears was just amazing. I mean, the Eagles did pretty much anything that they wanted. Uh the Eagles looked great against this team. Jordan Howard had a hell of a day, 82 yards and a touchdown against his former team. Um, Zach Ertz, nine catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. Carson Wentz was efficient, 26 of 39, 239, and a touchdown. The Eagles pretty much just did whatever they want. And this Bears offense is trash. It is just garbo. In the first half, the Bears averaged 2.3 inches per passing play. Mitch, six of thirteen. Montgomery had three carries for a total of one yard. And the whole entire offense, the Bears offense, had 32 yards total at halftime.
0: Wow. Bears suck.
1: The Bears suck and the Eagles looked good. Give me the Eagles at 10.
0: I have the Seahawks at 10. I have the Seahawks at 9. So you think the Seahawks are better than I think they are? So I have the Texans at nine. Who do you have at? You have Seahawks at nine and Eagles at at ten, and you don't have the Texans on your power rankings. No. So I think that the Texans are starting to look like one of the best teams in the NFL. They are going to give the Colts a run for their money at the division. I still think the Colts are going to pull it out. But even if the Texans don't win the division, I see them solidifying a wild card spot. They have Deshaun Watson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's proved it. Their offensive line has looked a lot better in protecting Deshaun Watson. Their receivers are pretty deep. They have DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best in the league, if not the best. They have Will Fuller, who stepped up in moments they needed him. They have QT, 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 I can't even pronounce it, doesn't matter. Solid slot receiver. They have... The weapons for Deshaun Watson, and they've tried to build around him this year by getting Laramie Tunsell onto that offensive line at left tackle. They're looking good at offense. on offense. Defensively, they've looked pretty solid all season. I like their defense, and I think the Texans, right now as it stands, are better than the Eagles because I don't have the Eagles on my power ranking. So the debate would be between having the Texans on or having the Eagles on. And I'm taking the Texans
1: on I'm fine with putting the Texans on Honestly, I mean They do have a lot of weapons On offense
0: um, I have them over the Seahawks because of the Seahawks Defense, but If you want to make an argument for why the Seahawks Should be at 9 and the Texans at 10, I'll listen
1: I mean The Seahawks just added Josh Gordon We just debated that a couple minutes ago Uh and Russell Wilson's playing like an absolute MVP, and he's starting to be Aaron Rodgers-esque in the fact if he's on the field, the Seahawks have a chance to win the game against absolutely anybody in the league. So I, I think the fact that Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level, they have to be in the top 10 for me. And I, I would concede Seahawks at 9, Texans at 10.
0: Okay, so you think Seahawks at 9? Okay. Texans at 10. Seahawks at 9, Texans at 10. So I'm conceding. That's why I was like, what? Okay. Well, we're both conceding. Yes. So you're conceding to leave the Texans in, but I'm conceding having the Seahawks at 9 instead of 10. I'm cool with that. I I like that. The rest of our picks, though, seem to line up. So let's go and compare the rest of our power rankings to last week's. So last week... We had the Texans at 10 and Seahawks at 9 also. So we'll say they stay in the same spot is what we're saying here. But we had a little bit of movement at the rest of our power rankings. So we both have the Vikings at 8. Last week, the Vikings were at 6. So they've fallen two spots to number 8 behind the Ravens and Chiefs, who both won this week. So Vikings take a little bit of a fall.
1: Hey, I warned you about Kirk Cousins about... Playing teams over five hundred. Oh, I know. You I can't. warned you.
0: You're right. You did. You warned me. I, we. Hey, we both picked them our, on our picks. So, yeah. You you picked them too. I hesitantly picked them. But you did. You picked them. I did. I hesitantly did, but I did.
1: And so, I warned you about Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah. No, I know. And I didn't disagree. I didn't think Kirk Cousins can maintain what he was doing, and it showed. So, Vikings take a fall from six to eight. Then, at seven. We both had the Chiefs. Great, great win over the Vikings without Patrick Mahomes. They have shown that the team they have around Patrick Mahomes makes up the bulk of what they're doing. It's not just Patrick Mahomes leading this team. It's also the team around him. They're also pretty damn
1: good. That defense held the Vikings to under 100 yards rushing as well. Incredible. Which is crazy with
0: Dalvin. (sighs) Dalvin's been insane this year, so that's incredible. So we have the Chiefs moving up from 8-7. to So good for the Chiefs moving up the boards. Then, at number 6, we have the Indianapolis Colts taking a little bit of a fall. They are at 5 last week. They're dropping to 6. Bad loss against the Chargers.
1: Uh, Steelers. And I I liked the fight in this team that this team had. I mean, they lost Jacoby early in the game, but they still fought back and had a chance to win the game. On a last-second field goal with the with Adam Vinatieri, but laces in and he just flat out missed it. That guy's got to retire.
0: Yeah, so I think that this was kind of a trap game. The Steelers are starting to heat up a little bit. They were at home and they started clicking on their offense. Juju looking a little bit better. Jalen Samuels filling in for James Conner when people thought that maybe they'd take advantage of James Conner not being there. I knew Jalen Samuels would still have a good game. Colts always are going to play people closely. We've talked about that already because they run the ball and take up so much time that there's not enough time to be scoring 50 points in a game. And it it came to bite them in the ass this week when they couldn't have Vinatieri win them with a win with a game-winning field goal. So they dropped from five to six. I don't know if it's drop, but it's dropped.
1: But I do want to give a special shout-out to Brian Hoyer. He did throw three touchdowns in this game, and he could have thrown four, should have thrown four, but he had one picked and taken to the house
0: for 96 yards. Thanks for my fantasy team, Brian Hoyer. Which hurt. boys still looking out for me.
1: Which hurt, but, I mean, like I said, the fight. I think Frank Reich is easily one of the best coaches in the league, and he definitely needs to be in the Coach of the Year discussion. For this game, this game alone, losing Jacoby so early and still being able to fight and use, like, fight back and get put yourself in a position to win the game. Ultimately, they didn't, but I understand the fall.
0: Yeah, so they only took a slight fall, though, because they were at 5, now they're at 6, and for a good reason, because now we have the Ravens at 5. Ravens were at 7, and they rise two spots to number 5. And the Ravens just beat the Patriots, who have been the best team in the league, who are one of the undefeated teams in the league, and who have historically the best defense to ever play in the NFL. So, yeah, the Ravens have to rise a little bit here. They're starting to play really good football. I hope to see this going forward. As a Browns fan, I don't really, but I like to watch good football. And I think the Ravens are going to easily win the AFC North and hopefully make a little bit of a run in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. if, If they're lucky. We saw we played last year in the playoffs, so who knows. But they rise to five. Then, number four, we have the Green Bay Packers taking a little bit of a fall from three to four. Not much, just like the Colts, but they got a fall for losing to the Chargers. Yeah, that game was ugly. That game was also a little bit of a trap game. Yeah, that is a
1: big-time trap game. Yeah, so
0: Chargers have not been playing well, and they were at home. Packers were on the road and they just came off a big win last week. It was it was a trap game. So, yeah. it but was
1: a... I I will say the defense played decently well holding the Chargers offense to five field goals. Ben don't break mentality, but it would have been nice if the offense could have done anything.
0: Yeah, so Packers take a bit of a fall, but also for a good reason because the 49ers move up the boards to number 3. Only undefeated team left. So, they got to be top 3. The defense is looking incredible. The offense is starting to come together, like we spoke about at the top of the show. The Niners, third best team in the league. I'm not ready to put them at the top like some people might be doing because of the only undefeated team. Because to me, they're still, they, they still have something to prove. They've played kind of a weak schedule, have a couple good wins in there, but... They, they, they have Seahawks, Packers, like we talked about, coming up, and those are going to be big prove-it games for them to see if they actually deserve their spot at the top. Then at number two, no change there. New Orleans Saints, they didn't lose this week. They didn't play this week, but they're still one of the best teams in the league. They're still sitting at number two. And at number one, despite losing on Sunday night to the Ravens, the New England Patriots. We've been talking about it all season on every single power ranking. If the Patriots lose, they're not moving because of the best team in the league. They have historically the best defense in the league. Their offense is now are going to start to come together. We've already talked about. They just brought in Mohamed Sanu, who played really well on Sunday night. Nikhil Harry's coming back. They're going to start looking a lot better on offense, and they're definitely the best team in the league. Hey, they can't. No, you can't. Everyone, you can't always go undefeated. In fact, it's hard as hell to go undefeated. Yeah, they've is. only ever done it once. So. In this long, long dynasty span of almost two decades with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, you've only ever gone undefeated once, and you've won six Super Bowls. So I'm not swaying. Patriots still at number one despite losing to the Ravens, and they lost to a team that we have ranked at number five. So how are you going to fault them that hard for that? Yeah,
1: they do have they do have a little bit tougher schedule coming up, having to face the Eagles, Cowboys, and Texans in the next or. Er, Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, and Chiefs in their next four games. So it'll be really interesting to see how historic this defense is.
0: Cupcake. Cowboys, cupcake. Well, yeah, they are. Cupcakes. I wouldn't say it's a tough schedule. Cupcakes. I'm just joking. The rest of the schedule is tough. I mean, it's a lot tougher than what they had been playing. What do you mean? You don't think the Dolphins are really good? They got to win. All right, let's wrap it up. So, Colin, you got any final thoughts for us to wrap up the show?
1: Yeah, I just want to say it's a bunch of bullshit that IU football is not ranked in the top 25. We've been playing absolutely stunning football since the beginning of the year, and our only two losses are to Michigan State and Ohio State, who I believe are both ranked in the top 25. So the fact that IU is not ranked in the top 25 is garbage.
0: I agree it's the biggest garbage I've ever seen in my entire life. That Michigan State game we played at Michigan State probably could have beaten them if we were here. Honestly, we could have beaten them even there. It was a close game regardless. And for that to be one of our only losses and Ohio State to be the other and to not be ranked top 25 is, is terrible. We're 7-2 and two for the first time in since 96, I believe. We clinched our fourth ever bowl game in the last what 10 years fourth bowl game in the last 10 years and before that i think there was only a number of other times we even made a bowl game we are playing the best football iu has ever seen in its entire history ever seriously i i firmly believe that yeah and to not be in the top 25 to me is garbage absolute garbage garbage You want to know who they actually have ranked in the top 25 right now? Navy at 25. Navy. Navy. Navy at 25. Are you kidding me? Navy? Over a Big Ten team like Indiana who has swept their Big Ten opponents? Navy? That is who you want to put in the top 25? Dude, I'm telling you. I don't know what the hell it is with AP, but they hate the Big Ten. They do. They got Navy, San Diego State. SMU who just lost, Wake Forest, Boise State who God knows who they've played all year. (laughs) Like, what the hell is this guys? They play on a blue field. (laughs) Yeah. I would argue that Indiana should be ranked 21st. Better than Navy, better than San Diego State, better than SMU, better than Wake Forest, better than Boise State. I wouldn't put them over Kansas State. They beat Oklahoma. But I would argue they should be at 21 or 22, and they're not even at 25. It's just Hot garbage
1: I mean this If if any of the weeks To get ranked This was our week To get ranked Cause next we gotta go Penn To State. Penn State yeah. Then we get Michigan at home And then we have to go Up north Purdue. To West Lafayette And those Trash cans Of humans But Yeah I mean It just sucks We should've
0: been ranked It's garbage And we won't Like you said We won't be ranked all year Cause we'll lose to Penn State yeah. We'll lose to Michigan We might we...
1: beat Michigan Cause we got Michigan at home we might we get it we might get huge. Up, we if might we, get up okay. for that game.
0: It that is our only shot to get ranked this year at this point. Because yeah, what is projected is that we're gonna lose the Penn State, we're gonna lose the Michigan, and then hopefully beat Purdue. We would finish at eight and four. We're gonna which, smack which, Purdue. Which holy shit, I'd be ecstatic with eight and four. Don't oh get me God, wrong. Yeah. like I'm I'm not mad at the season. I'm just mad at AP for fucking us over like this. We're third in the Big Ten East right now. It's just, you know, the, the Big Ten, Do you guys know how good the Big Ten East is? It's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and we're sitting there third out of all those teams. What the hell? We are so good. It is incredible. It's actually astonishing to me that, that we're not ranked. I, I, I cannot wrap my head around it. It's, it baffles me. So hopefully we can pull out an upset over Michigan. I might stay for the game just to see if we could do it. It's the start of our fall break. We get two weekends of fall break. So I might stay in town in Bloomington to see that game and then go home. I mean, I don't know about you, but God. Fuck you, AP. Fuck the NCAA. This is why I watch pro sports. Because fuck that. That's so bullshit, dude. Don't get smoked, fuck ass. <laughs> So that's going to just about do it for today's show. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Make sure to follow at Finish the Biz. That is at Finish the B-I-Z. Instagram and Twitter. Thanks, Colin, for joining and being yourself. Oh, always. I'm always. Check us out. You know, I just gave Colin that Twitter account. He's pretty excited about it. We're posting some highlights and some news on Twitter account more highlights on Instagram. We got Daily Pick'ems, NBA, NFL, and college football on the weekends on the Instagram story. So, yeah, you got me baffled over here. I do. You got me a little little frazzled. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for listening to the show. I'm just going to end it that. Have a good one, y'all. We'll see you next time. Peace.